Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish... Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. How the hell are we feeling here on a Monday good, morning? Good, good. Post-Turkey Day. Post-Turkey Day. Yeah. Turkey mortem. Excited? Fired up? I'm, I'm good. I feel rested. How about yourself? Yeah. How are you feeling? You feel I mean, good? It, was, uh, it was probably the first time I've gotten more than... Six hours sleep in consecutive days. Really? See, I can't do it. Yeah. My bladder, it's so funny. My body is okay. Like, my mind is okay with, with staying asleep on our days off. My bladder is still on the same uh, It's still on the same schedule. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What does that mean? That means I got to get up. <laughs> and I got to go. I got to go handle that. <laughs> and I generally just stay awake. I just start working on business. And you stuff. handle that, don't you? I, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to handle yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I saw you guys dancing on the sideline on Saturday. I was, I was really excited for you guys. Dancing? Yeah, you guys, you don't remember dancing on the sideline in Ann Arbor? I wasn't dancing. We were trying to mess with Rob for uh, one of his hits at one point, which oh. he kind of turned the tables on us. Oh. Maybe it was more so. I mean, I saw you guys. I could have sworn you guys were jamming on the sideline, and then I we saw might have been. We might have been jamming. I there saw. was one song. We'd hear it everywhere we went, and we actually learned the name of it when we were in Penn State. One of the uh, the nice young man, young men, one of the fans there told us, he was like, this is the name of that song. Oh. I was like, oh, gosh, man, we've been asking for the entire year. Huh. Well, of yeah. course it would have been someone at Penn State that would have been courteous and kind enough to yeah. offer that that uh, information to Happy you. Happy Valley, they call that it. That is wait, correct. The group that actually sits up where our set was, yep. it's the same uh, group of guys that was there last year. They're, they're a funny group, man. Mm. They're, 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 they're kind of, I, I think they're from, uh, I think they're from Jersey. Nice, but that they would like try to right. like heckle a little bit, but then they're like cool, just to kind of talking ball and all that. Yeah. They're most of the time gambling too, which is kind of funny. Hmm. I was like, you should call, you should talk to Jonas. He doesn't win many, but if you fade him, you'll win a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't oh. this weekend, that's for sure. But, yeah. uh, that hey, you do well. know that Jonas did the the cowherd show when we were all off, and and you know it's just been um, it's been a whirlwind of of just all kinds of praise and and just you know. 
happiness around Jonas uh, doing that. Oh, yeah. Did, did you have any dynamic guests, Jonas? Is that why? Like, what, what made the show so special? Uh, well, I think we uh, went live to Ann Arbor at one point. Oh, okay. got a uh, Got a Scott Stapp performance. Uh, wow. By, uh, by somebody there. So oh. somebody who's, uh, you know, just a Heisman finalist, uh, TV star. Uh, Dang, you had Brady on? I was talking about Rob Stone. What do you mean? Yeah. You had Brady on? What are you talking about? See, that's effed up, man. <laughs> wow. He, you didn't he call asked me to have I, I, So I had to wait for Saturday, huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to request to be on, I mean, by listen, the way, I don't Q. know what to tell you. Well, I actually, he had said something to me and then I reached out. I was like, yeah, anything I can do to help you, let me know. So very interesting. He thought I was somebody else. I think the truth uh, comes think, out. Uh, he'd gotten confused. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come on. But the odd thing was, is like you didn't want to sing, and like you actually sang. Like you were in a band. I was laying out for you. Like uh, you know, I've already laying out for him. My singing days are over. Oh. So I, I learned my lesson uh, being a part of a bad band. But mm. you know, it's fine. Listen, it was all good. It was, a, it was a fun time. Fun weekend for all. Fun weekend in the NFL and college football. And a fun weekend if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan because, man, oh, man, they somehow figure out ways to win games. You remember how I told you, though, that Philly fans, PA fans, are like real a-holes, like <laughs> real a-holes. Yeah. How many times do you think they were like, F you, we suck. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we're great. We're good. We're good. Okay. No, what? you. We sucked. Ah. He, my, you remember we were that's, making. That's a Philly fan. We were making the case uh, after the Monday night game against the Chiefs, and we were saying, "Man, like, Philly just somehow figures out." Like I don't know that I trust another team in a close game than Philly in the league right now. It's just kind of like the mentality of 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 the streets of Philadelphia, man. Like. Close, 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 close. Uh, you scratch, you scrounge, like, like almost like you know what comes to mind. The 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 physical um, embodiment of it is Joe Frazier. You know, it's like you're just you're tough, you're hard nosed, you're a bully. You're you're going to take the punches, but you're going to deliver the blows. That's Philly. That's like literally what their football team is this year, and I, I actually find them very fun to watch. I enjoy watching Philly play. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're first off, they're extremely talented. I mean, they're extremely talented. It, it's it's fun to watch them, in my opinion, because you've got some of the best players in the league on one team. Sure. And they've drafted well. They've developed well. So that you kind of, I mean, at least for any of us that's followed college football, you get to see a guy like Jordan Davis playing at the next level. And you're like, yep, still has a pretty big impact. Jeez. He's so big. He, he damn near killed himself when he fell on his <laughs> belly. Yeah, was that just his weight? That man that fell that on his belly. <laughs> yeah, he knocked the wind out of himself. He rolled over. I said, <laughs> Trish was sitting there like, is he okay? I said, man, that. let me just get put this in perspective. And I told them how big he was and how much he weighed. And they were like, oh, so where are you saying? I said, he knocked the wind out of himself. That was yeah. it. Yeah. And he was right. moving fast. I mean, they say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. He's, he's not lying. They say grizzly bears run faster than thoroughbred <laughs> horses, too. You know? Downhill. Downhill. Yeah. Um, I, I think the thing I kind of came away with was, one, Jalen Hurts plays with like a sense of poise and confidence. That's just fun to watch, easy to root for. There's just something about him, man. And like the entire team embodies – him as a leader 
because there's a stark contrast between Hertz and obviously Nick Sirianni, mm-hmm. who's like True. as fiery, very more out- outgoing, like very outgoing. Yeah, like like it's it's. I mean, he'll be telling people off. I think I, I saw him in the tunnel. He was yelling at people in Kansas City. Huh. So it, it's just two completely different personalities. And Hertz has such a cool, calm, and collected demeanor. And I think everyone kind of embodies that because they feel that and they see like, all right, if they get the ball, we're going to win. He's going to drive down and he's going to find a way of making a play to make it happen. I mean, I, I look back on that game and I just say it's literally – it was the difference between Buffalo's last series in regulation and they're bringing an all-out blitz – Gabe Davis is running the corner. And and look, you know, if you're Josh Allen, you'd like him to drift back and throw it up to a spot because he's going to get hit and he's not going to be able to stand in there and get the ball off where the corner is going to be. He threw him more like he was going vertical up the field. So in one way, you'd like to say, all right, you're the quarterback. If you throw him more towards the corner, he's going to fade to it, hopefully see it and make a catch on it, right? The other thing is Gabe Davis has to know it's blitz zero and has to look sooner. Like sometimes, and I, I said this before, wide receivers' gravest mistake when running routes is not having any clue what's going on around the line of scrimmage. Not looking in and saying, wait, I'm one-on-one. There's no safety out here. I need to look quick because it's blood zero. There's an extra guy. They're not going to be able to block him. I need to look quicker in my route. And he obviously didn't. Like he had no clue where the ball was. So that ultimately ends up in the field goal. And the way Philly drove down at the end of the game, and, and I know it's a long field goal for Jake Elliott, but I was like, once they got in the overtime, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, Philly's going to win this game. That was a long field goal, man. I couldn't believe he made it. In those conditions. And it was he moving. He made it the easy, ball, too, right? But it was moving. Yeah. Yeah. That ball was moving. Like, it almost looked like it could have curved. It could have hit a hard bank any different direction because of the way the wind was grabbing it. But, man, talk about clutch. Did they just win close games? Well, it's not even that. It's like the Bills can't win one in overtime. Well, Allen's yeah, never you know. won an overtime game. <laughs> and so it, it was like that little detail of that but zero play led ultimately in overtime, ultimately to like game game over. Like yeah. you knew Jalen Hurts, once they got the ball, they were going to make enough plays to go win that game. Uh, That's why they needed to score. I was just yeah. wondering. I was like, okay, are they going to get it in? Are you going to get it in? Then they kicked the field goal. I was like, man, this this a wrap. Well, it was uh, when they did the coin flip for overtime, the Bills won the toss and elected to receive it. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham's like, don't matter. He knew their reputation you know and ours. Robo and Nance didn't say anything about it. Like, uh, or excuse me, they, no, no, no. Uh, Jason Garrett and uh, Tariq. Right, oh, no, no, yeah. that was Robo Nance. That was yeah. Robo Nance, sorry. Those games started blending into each other with the uh, with the how late that one started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I thought they would have said something about it. Like I don't think they made mention of it. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't hear it. Uh, well, uh, it don't matter. Josh Allen after the game, and Josh Allen did have a great game. He had the interception, but he did play really, really well. Scrambled, made a lot of plays with his feet, and you know kept the Bills in it and had him in a good position to try and win the game. He spoke afterwards about just the situation that Buffalo is in with their season on the line. I'm extremely confident in our guys and, and the men that we have in this locker room, you know, and we understand where we're at. So we got to get things going. Again, I think effort was there. Execution was there. Just got to make a couple more plays and you know, there's a couple we wish we had back. 
So it does feel like uh, Buffalo's in a little bit of a tough spot here uh, with the uh, the season. Uh, that was a big one yesterday. They could have won. Uh, they did not. They've lost three of their last four. They fired a coordinator. They're going to be at Kansas City coming up next week. They've got Dallas, the Chargers after that. So it's going to be a, a, a tricky schedule for the Buffalo Bills the rest of the way. If they get in, they're dangerous. But if they don't, uh, again, I just wonder what sort of – Don't uh, they have to win four? I mean, when do you think they have to win four games in order to be able to, to get in? Ten, it's, it's a bipolar team, man. Ten feels like the threshold yeah. like if you want to be in the conversation. In the just NFC. never know. The only thing that you know you're going to get is what you don't know what you're going to get from the Buffalo Bills. I hate to say it, but you get you get a good team at times. You get a, a team that could actually be great at times. That good team can win or lose games. That great team, that team that shows greatness, they win games. They can win big games. I just think that they are like they're such an anomaly. I I don't I don't I can't figure them out. Like you watch them, you know you got you got pieces now. They deal with injuries. I get that, but they still show that they have the ability to be able to compete at a high level. It's not like uh, you were watching this game against Philly and it's like oh they're getting outclassed clearly. They were they were very evenly matched. It looked like an evenly matched game, but they didn't come out on top. And and at some point, and and you know, I hate to be the guy that said I feel like this team hit its ceiling last year, but I just feel like I see certain things that take place, like a game against Philly, that they could have pulled out. I mean, in in a couple different instances, and I'll just go no further than just. The, the overtime, if they punch the ball in, you don't even give the ball back to Jalen Hurts. He doesn't even get it. He doesn't even get an opportunity to be Jalen Hurts for Philly in the game. But they weren't able to do that. And and so to me, I just think that when I look at them, it just comes across as a team that has talent in certain places. You have a franchise quarterback, but you just have not been able as a as a team, as a franchise figured out how to get over the threshold of where you're at, which almost is, in a way, kind of reminiscent of the teams that went to the Super Bowl and couldn't win the Super Bowl. You know, they they moved on from Ken Dorsey, and Joe Brady's now had two games. And I got to be honest, like, I don't know how different this team is with Joe Brady calling plays. I I know at times they were complimentary of Joe Brady getting into a rhythm, but when you really – like go back and and watch that game. What you end up coming back to is it's still the same thing. In order for the Bills to have a shot at winning games, Josh Allen has to be Superman. He's gonna have to lead him in rushing. He's gonna have to make plays downfield, you know, with the football or extend plays with his legs to throw downfield. It's the same thing. And I I just I keep going back to like how long is that sustainable? And I, and I know they've been injured on defense, and that's played a role. But it just it feels like it's always an uphill battle, and he has to do something that's spectacular in order for their, them to be able to win games. And that, it's a tough world to live in in the NFL. And so I'm sure he feels it more than anyone, and he's a, such a special player. But, I mean, when it, it just it feels like that's that's what they have to do every single week offensively. There's there's no basic run game where they can get it going consistently. They're inconsistent in that respect. You know, Stephon Diggs gets 11 targets this week. The previous week was eight for like four catches versus the Jets. And like, you know, give Jets credit. 
But you go through the season, there's games where he explodes and has big games, and there's games when he doesn't. And I don't know if that's play calling. I, I don't know if that's, you know, what you point to. I mean, obviously that was where the finger was pointed earlier this year. But there is just – it's something off. It's like outside of Josh Allen showing up and being Superman every game, you don't see the rest of that from whoever it is that's that's a part of it. But this one felt like a backbreaker for Buffalo. Mm. I, I really felt like they thought they were going to win in regulation. Once it went into overtime, as Brandon Graham said, it didn't matter. Don't matter. Yeah, and they were in control for a lot of the game too. And then, you know, they bounce back. They retake the lead and get to overtime, and it's the same old story. It was such Josh a Allen. long kick. And, you know, they it just seemed like Philly was just confident and just, you know – like we're not even going to take a, any real risk, any unnecessary and unnecessary um, plays or risk to try to move the ball. They were like very vanilla plays leading up to that field goal, and he banged that thing, banged it right on out. Yeah, Just I got a lot it. of respect for kickers, and I mean th- this week in particular, you get start getting down this this time of the season with the weather's like it is, and you got to think about it too, man. Like they get one shot at that thing. They have one shot, and then and they get out there. And if they hit, it's like they only get applauded or appreciated for the kicks they hit. I mean, it was fun watching everyone celebrate Jake Elliott, but I'm like, man, he misses that. It's not like anyone's come over and talking to him. And, <laughs> and, 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 and that's a tough life of a kicker, you know? You think you think Philly fans are booing him off the field if he misses that? Oh, kick? bro, yeah. it, it's yeah. Philly yeah. fans. Man, it's probably that booing is probably the least of it. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Dynasty the King, uh, King. Uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So have you just looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers' final score yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals, oh, you would say? Wait. I can't wait to hear Q. I mean, listen, it was I can't st- wait to hear they this. put up 16 points. What's the big deal? But if you actually go and do a deeper dive into the total yards and just how the offense looked post-Matt Canada and the first game since the Matt Canada firing – you can see that there was clearly a difference. A it, difference. It, it looked like it was a different football team on offense, at least for that much. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was actually like exciting plays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think the biggest thing was they just pushed the ball down the field vertically. Right. Like it was it was pretty simple. Like you have the players to do it. Why not do it? And the offense gained over 400 yards. The first time they've outgained an opponent, opponent all season. Kenny Pickett, who hasn't even been a starter for two full years, 
He had the second most production in his career in the first game that Mike Sullivan's calling for the Pittsburgh Steelers as their play caller. Mm. I just wasn't that hard. Wasn't that simple. You know, didn't need to like you know try to make it any you know more difficult than it needed to be. You're you're breathing some new life into this team into this offense, and you're now seeing the rewards. So, you know, when I watched the game and and paid attention to everything that was going on, I'm like, you know, Jake Browning, he's a he's a fill in, but we've seen backups step in and and do some pretty interesting things during the course of the time of the starter being out. And, you know, we were talking about, well, people talked about Rush and and how, you know, maybe there's a quarterback <laughs> controversy. Why do you say people? People. I won't say us on this show. I'll say me. I, I said it. Um, <laughs> you were the one that said on that. On this show, I, there could have been a quarterback controversy. Remember we started playing Rush, the band, which Jonas was going to hate on, but yeah. they actually have some good hits. They do have some good stuff. I thought we were playing the, the Paula Abdul song. Yeah, Rush, that was a good one, too. Rush. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah, too. Oh, it was the band Rush. It, it was both of you Because the lead singer's it. got that unique sound. You that's, know? that's correct. Which, by How, the way, sound will bring us back to Rush 100%. Tom Sawyer. Just make sure it's their best ones. Everyone talks about the drummer for Rush, but the bass playing by Getty Lee. Yeah. It's pretty good. slaps. So, but when you look at this Bengals team, it's still the same team that basically, you know, owned owned the Bills at at what I believe is at the height of their their being what they are owned the the Kansas City Chiefs at being the height of of what they are they're all still there outside of Joe Burrow that's kind of a big deal it's a big deal but your defense is still the same defense you still have a ton of talent on the outside you still got mixing in the backfield you still have all the elements to be able to put together a win and and so to me that's what I was really looking at is like this is really it's a it's a fine football team that definitely is reeling from not having Joe Burrow but nonetheless it's still a very very good football team they're going to play defense they play defense hard and their offense was well you know kind of serviceable but you look at what 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 Pittsburgh brought to the table and it was more risk taking whoa they took more risk. There was more excitement. The defense played the way the defense played. As long as you have a healthy T.J. Watt, you've got a chance to win. Um, and and to me, that's you know you now have a two two man backfield. And most would say I think that when you're having success as as a football team, especially if you're using your backfield, you want to have two guys that that can carry the load. Uh, pause. Um, but with that being said, I, I just really think that this this Pittsburgh team is a very very sneaky team, and I don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender, but I do look at them as a season spoiler. They can spoil. They could possibly make it into which. Not possibly. It, it looks as though they'll make it into the playoffs, and they could be a team that spoils somebody's playoff bid. That's what I look at and see in this Steelers team right now. Well, uh, Kenny Pickett spoke after the did game. He? Yeah, he did. He oh, spoke okay. after the game, after his performance in the first edition of the say? Pittsburgh Steelers post Matt Canada. Let's take a listen. Oh, okay. 
kind of flow of, of calls, like how Coach Sully likes to call games and our communication on the sideline is great, which he's been there with, you know, my right-hand man since I got here. Um, so the communication's always been great with Coach Sully, and it's just now that he has to call the plays, it obviously it's just an adjustment, but um, felt like we handled it really well. It's a lot, of, a lot of adversity, a lot of things going on, moving parts. Um, but like I said, it was, it was, a sh- it felt like a short week almost because you know we're, when we got the news and how quickly we all had to kind of react to what happened and, and flush it and move on and get ready to go this week. So, um, you know, hats off to, to our guys in our locker room that did that. You mean Coach Sully from from Houston via Baltimore Ravens? That coach, Mike Sullivan. Mike, he's been in the NFL for oh, eighteen years. Sullivan. So. It was Cully. That was the coach. Oh, David yeah, Cully. Cully. Yeah, they got David Sully. Cully. Okay, they call him Sully. Okay, I was confused there. They, they call him Sully too. Okay. But yeah, no, he's he's been in the NFL for a long time. Okay. He was started with the Jaguars, I believe, in the early 2000s, and then kind of worked his way up through. But was part of the Super Bowl there with the Giants, Shit, and then right was with the Bucks. Man. You know that yeah. that's that's a uh, that's flattering. To, to put out there, my he's been my right hand man. I mean, that's a vote of confidence, right? Tell yeah, me how I mean, that works. Any, Q. Anytime he's your quarterback coach, you know that's that's huge. You know, you are so close with your quarterback coach, and for me, whether it was Rip Shear when I first got into the NFL. I mean, I, I literally, I swear to God, I bought a house that was probably a driver and a wedge away from, from where he lived because I, I wanted to live close to where he was so I could go see him in off hours. I could go talk to him when I needed to or grab a beer and whatever it was. Dang. Like I, I you literally really went, took that into consideration. Hell yeah. Dang. Hell yeah. Well, like I, I like I that thinking? was, it was that important to me. And also I, I love Rip. I mean, to this day, we, we still keep in touch. What up, Rip? You know, hey, hey coach, where you live, man? Okay. Well, what's the address? All right. <laughs> I mean, it was it wasn't as creepy as that, but oh. it was like I was looking in that vicinity. Oh. I mean, look, Braylon Braylon was in that area too, Braylon Edwards, because oh. that was my guy. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to be close to one of the guys I was going to be building a relationship with. You know, if I ever heard that y'all did a street football game, I would be. I, I mean. I'd be fan. I mean, I'm already a fan of both of you guys, but I would be way bigger fan if you told me y'all lived in the same community and was actually doing real life street football games. I mean, who's going to beat him and Braylon? I mean, those were. The, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, street football games. You can't just take for granted that two NFL superstars would be able to win that game. I'm just be honest Why with not? you. Because uh, they're pretty Cause competitive games, man. Different rules, man. Yeah, you got guys taking cheap shots and. All kinds of you stuff. You got to know how to use the cars. Brass knuckles. You know, you yeah. got you got to know where the light poles are. Like the curb, just, like people be jumping off the curb like it's not out of bounds. Like it's just, it, it changes things. Some places there's more gravel on the ground. You got to yeah. just know where you just, there's just different rules that can make it a little bit more difficult to be a polished NFL football player, man. That's I'll take my I'm chances. You want to take me, your chances? Yeah, give me Brady and Braylon. I'll take my chances. Bombs. I'm good. Dropping um, dimes. Hammers. But the, the point is, it's like, <laughs> he's he's going to be very complimentary and say that about him. Like Jim Zorn, he's a guy I got close to as well. You know, Tater, you know, Carl Smith. Like, they're, all those guys, you spend so much time with them. You know, Adam Gase, when he was with us for a year in Denver. Like, you spend – you end up knowing the guys in the quarterback room better than you know your family. Like, I swear to God. I, I could tell you exactly how – Derek Anderson, Ken Dorsey, any of those guys, Brett Ratliff when he was in there with us, Rich Bartell, like any of the quarterbacks who came through, when you spent enough time with them, you could literally talk about like 
how they're going to drink their coffee, how they work. Are they a morning person? Or are they not? You know, like, are, are they going to work out with you in the morning or are they after practice? Like, you knew so many little idiosyncrasies about those guys because you sat in a room with them all and you just mm-hmm. talk about life, talk about ball. Like, it was so, uh, look. That that relationship clearly is the easiest one to see translate onto the field. It's why I think if you're an OC and you're not in your quarterback room, you're doing your team a disservice because that guy needs to be an extension of you out there on the field. And if he knows exactly how you're thinking about things, then he's going to be able to execute it and explain that too to guys in the field in that moment. So it's you know you could see why it worked in, in a one game sample size, but I'm really optimistic. And, there, and, and Pickett threw some dimes, he dude. Was, he was throwing it. Dude, the he ball he threw it. up the sidelines to Pickens, who made a nice catch. I mean, thank God he didn't. He almost got his legs rolled up on. But, I mean, he threw some dimes. And you see it and you go, there, there it is. Like, it's been there the whole that, right? time. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. And now you're finally starting to see it. So I'm, I'm happy for Mike Tomlin, the Steelers, even though I literally grew up with a lot of hate in my heart for the hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. There you go. It's, it's good to see them reaching their potential, though. And that's, gonna, that's ultimately what it's about. They're going to be a playoff team. Yes, no they doubt. are. Like, and they should be. Their, their schedule is cake. I mean, I don't want to say, look, they've got obviously Baltimore to finish up the year, and then Indianapolis, speaking of backup quarterbacks who have made an impact, Gardner Minshew's got them and in Shumania, a playoff baby. spot right now. Bald. But, man, it, like, if, Eric, like if, if 10 is the threshold, as we laid out, and we talked about, listen, if you get to 10 wins, that's where you need to get to if you want to be a playoff team in the AFC. I mean, you just find three wins. Easy. Arizona, New England, and then Cincy again at home. There you go. And then if you can get one of those other ones, we could be looking at a possibly an 11-win team who fired a coordinator midseason, and they're going to be a playoff team again. Mike Tomlin's got them back in the playoffs. It's kind of wild, man. And so now we get to see how this thing moves, uh, you know, goes moving forward. But, you know, Najee Harris was more involved yesterday. I just I wonder if if it was just this, like, what were the conversations like? Was Matt Canada just not open minded to, hey, you know, work this in, you know, uh, talk with so and so. Mike Solden's got some ideas. There's an art to how you call plays in games. I've been around coordinators who are unbelievable game planning, breaking down film to know what a defense is going to do in a certain scenario, like all of that. And you feel so prepared, so confident going into the game. And then you get in the game, they don't call into this place. Or there's no like rhythm and rhyme to it and what they're doing. And, and there's an art to being able to see the field, call plays, anticipate what's happening, and, and like and kind of, kind of like the difference between playing checkers and chess, mm-hmm. right? You always want to be difference. setting things up for that next move and anticipating what your opponent's doing. There's times when you feel like when guys are out there and they're just calling plays, they're just playing checkers. They're like one move at a time, and they're not thinking about like this play is going to set up this play with a double move or a shot off this run play or off of this action. I mean, there are some things you look at and go, all right, like you can see where the creativity comes from. I mean, even even just with like what Joe Brady did, there's a few times in that Bills game where they set up different actions and varieties of screens and then the different players off of the same personnel, same formation, like similar action. And, and they both hit and you're going, yep, there it is. Like one was the digs. One, I think, came back to – it was either one of the tight ends. Um, but you're watching and you're going, all right, like there it is. Like that's that's why like they elevated Joe Brady in that spot is you find like creative ways of finding a rhythm and keeping the defense on their heels when you're going out there calling things that like they've either seen before 
and then trying to, to build off of. So you're trying to catch them, you know, sleeping or, or catch them out of position. Mm. God. You know, just just to toss this out there, since we're talking about the new newly rejuvenated offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you do know that the Ravens have the Jags, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Steelers consecutively yeah. to end out the season. Yes, they do. Tough schedule, man. That is one hell of a tough schedule to have to go there, down bro? the end. What are you trying to say? They're Who's t- got a harder schedule, them or Kansas City? I, I, that's, I would say that's as hard as hard gets. Uh, to have the Jaguars, the way they're playing, and the 49ers, the way they're playing. LeVar, the, do you know – uh, Kansas City schedule the rest of the way. I've, I've got Tell me that. I mean, I just think that is Baltimore schedule is more difficult. It's just okay. hard to. It's hard to say that there would be well, one if, more difficult. If Dallas is on Kansas City schedule, then yes, I think Lavar is going to say Baltimore has the more difficult. No, I'm not. I'm not going to hate on Dallas. I think Dallas okay. is playing very, very fine football right now. 100. percent I think they're up there. I just would say this would be a difficult schedule to say that there's one harder than this one. I mean, unless you got Philly. In there somewhere. Are you I, trying to say the Steelers are going to win that? that I mean, I'm I'm just saying that, bro. Like, if you look at who the Steelers have left, and you mentioned it, it is what, kind of a you, cakewalk. When did you stop saying the Steelers? Never. I what never say still. I, I never say Steelers, like steel mills. Yeah, but you don't say it how you were. You were saying Steelers. Steelers. Man, does that mean if they make the, the playoffs and they make a legitimate run, can we just can we play the Steelers polka song every single day? Why do you say the Steelers polka, polka though? Can you play the it's, the? It's not polka. The, that's can, what it's called. Can you play the one that's the Here We Go? Do we even have the Here We Go Pittsburgh Steelers song? Who wants that when you got the polka? What do you mean? Who who wants that? We want it. Here we go. Boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> Here we go. No, no, that's just a chant. That's just the chant. That's just the chant. Here we go. There it is. Boom, 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 boom. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Come on, Jonas. Steelers. Here we go. Hey, Jonas. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Yeah. This is a real deal right here. No way. No way. I mean, it's I like it. It's a real deal. I mean, you do. You got to jump. Yeah. You got to clap your head. You got to jump. Then you got to do this. You got to do that at the table. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do that right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what the hell that means, but you got to do that when you listen to this. <laughs> Start slinging meatballs around. I don't know why I always felt like this is because I grew up around Italians. I, I just always felt like this I mean, was an Sam, Italian type of song. Like, like why is it got to be Italian? Because that's what I grew up around. So disrespectful. Racist. And we listen to songs like this, and this is what you do at the table. Hey, Brady, I'd like to apologize to your family oh, for I mean, I don't think that's, assuming this was Italian. I don't feel did, like Did we already decide, like, Polka's not Italian? Yeah, yeah like, we it, said it was Polish or something, right? It's like Czech. Uh, it's like Czech, it's right? Czech. Yeah. It's right. Czech. Yeah. There's a lot of Polish people we, in Pittsburgh. We, we went over this in a previous show. Yes. Where we learned Polka's not Italian. I swear on everything. I don't, I don't think the uh, the Pisans want to uh, claim it either. No. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't think the DeVito family. I don't know, man. <laughs> wants to claim it. I don't know. It's I don't know that them. that's true. I mean, that's, they, they'll, 
claim Sinatra than you know some other. But I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know. man. <laughs> Pittsburgh Italiano. I, I don't know, man. Italian polka. Yeah, I think that's what it should be. The Italian. I don't polka. think the Paisans want that. Yeah, man. you might yeah. be right. You could be right. Paisan. I don't know though. You got to be How like that. Going? Quite possibly the best thing you saw yesterday was the shots of the DeVito family oh, pregame. Uh, Unbelievable. It was like, I was like, is this an, is this like an uh, opening episode of Sopranos? Sopranos? That's not the same <laughs> it felt thing. like that, right? That's it was awesome. It's great. Indeed. Uh, God, and, that was amazing. Well, it was better than that game, that's for sure. Because man, oh man. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Was that the best edition of the game between Michigan and Ohio State of all time? Was that was of that the all time? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going that far. Um, it was a really good game. It was a really dope game. It was awesome. Um, and honestly, kind of had a little bit of everything that you were looking for, like momentum swings and kind of the drama and everything else. And I think that the one thing that killed me was seeing Zach Zinner, who's one of the best injury. offensive linemen in the country, go down. And a lot of people, you know, who don't follow college football, he came back for his senior year because they won a shot at winning a national championship. Dang. And to have him go down, he's going to be a, a top draft pick. Um, you know, I don't know how this is going to impact – things moving forward i think he'll be fine but you hate seeing that it was a gruesome injury was that a knee brace injury because he had the knee brace on there was no give and in the knee um knee. i mean he ended up fracturing both uh what tibia fibula Ugh. so damn i i can't i can't go into the you know specifics of like whether the donjoy played a role in that but the, the greater thing is it just stinks when you see that that was like the only downside of the game Outside of that, it had like all the drama and intrigue you're looking for. And I just, I said it after the game, and um, I, I thought the most, the thing that stood out the most to me was Sharon Moore and his play calling and the aggressiveness at which he called the game as their play caller, their interim head coach and their line coach. You know, he really did early set the tone going for fourth downs. The halfback pass when he called it came at such a moment where it was wide open. It was it's one of those play calls in a big game where if it doesn't go well, you you blame them. You yeah, that that, that stands out. Yeah. But when it does, you then are the genius and just to have the cojones to do it was incredible. And and I, I thought it was just interesting that for a guy who could be interviewing depending on what happens with Jim Harbaugh after the season could be interviewing for the for the Michigan head coaching job to replace Jim Harbaugh he really took it and ran with it the past three weeks he definitely did and and he was the difference like if you look between him and Ryan Day I thought Ryan Day called that game and managed that game extremely conservative yes he did like I agree I thought early in the game there was a fourth down that I kind of looked at Coach Meyer, I was like, I, I might think about going for this. Now, granted, you make that decision if you're the type of person that wants to dictate things to your opponent. And that's that's more of how I kind of see the game from time to time. And especially the way the past two years have gone, that could have been a statement play for Ohio State. Now, I understand why Ryan Day didn't. You're in your own territory. Your defense has been really good all year. So you're betting that Michigan's not going to be able to go the long, hard way to get scores. But the reality was, is when Michigan needed to, they did. And in large part because what Ryan Day wasn't willing to do, 
Sharon Moore was. Mm. And he was, he was willing to take those chances on fourth downs. He was willing to take those chances when he threw the football, how he threw the football. And I, I just thought in the end, Michigan, I, I don't even know, this price comes off as controversial, if they're necessarily even the better team, but they, they were that day. And the way he coached them, he made them the better team. Michigan was not the better team, but they, were, they played better than Ohio State. I think Ohio State left a lot on the table offensively. I don't understand why they didn't work. And, and listen, Marvin Harrison Jr. had He's over 100 yards, but why do you not work to get him more involved in your offense scheme during this game? It's the yeah. biggest game of the year. How do you not get him more involved? Like, I, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand that. And you know your defense is going to play play well. You know they're going to play tough defense. But with that being said, Michigan ended up doing Ohio State's defense the same exact way they did Penn State's defense. I mean, make no mistake about it. They were running that ball. Was it 22 straight times? The they were running that, that ball. Won the rushing them. category yeah. won the game. In, in, in the they game, were running yeah. that ball. Them boys was running that ball. The same exact – I mean, they, they might have had bigger runs against us, but they the, were they were pounding them boys with that run, man. The, the other thing that's crazy is Ohio State, when Travion Henderson rushes for 75 yards or more, are undefeated. Mm. L- literally, like they were – I think they were 18-0 coming into the game. He was 15 yards off from that. And, and, that's, and that's the reality is, you know – who knows how he was impacted by the injury? He ended up limping off the field at one point. I think he got his ankle rolled up on. But to your point, Lavar, Henderson, Harrison are the two players that are just they're they're when they're at their game when they're healthy at their best they're, they're better good. than anyone else on yes. the field. Yes, they are. And I think that's what's probably stood out a little bit to me too about Ryan Day is in the past we've seen him be able to scheme some things up where he got a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. open or he put him in different positions to allow him to avoid being taken away and it's just you go down to that final drive and you're like who was it it was Marvin Harrison Marvin Harrison like even the even the interception McCorm was going to the right spot. If he gets that ball off, he threw. He was throwing that at the right time to the right spot because Harrison was coming open on the deep dig, but he just got hit when he threw, and the ball kind of you know flailed out of there. It just you felt like when they needed to, they went to him, and then, and then instead of doing it the entire game, they only did it as a response to a Michigan score. And it just seemed really conservative. Mm-hmm. And, and so I can understand the frustration from Ohio State fans. And obviously, if you're Michigan, no Jim Harbaugh. Connor Stallions hasn't been a part of the, the, you know, the university organization, the team, whatever you want to call it. And yet they still get a win. And I, I just I kind of look at it as like this is this season's almost vindication for Michigan. If they win the Big Ten this week, if they go into the playoff and win a national championship. Well, you did see that, Stephen A., which I know, but I thought it was interesting, Sid, that they shouldn't be able to play in the, in the playoff. Well, I don't until, care about that. Uh, it, 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 I look, mean, when it, somebody it, brings it, that look, up, what it, it hasn't. It, I've said this before, and people ask me around there. People have overblown this entire thing. Hmm. They've overblown the entire thing. There, there's other teams that have done it. In, in various ways. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how great of an impact it even plays in-game because very similar to TCU in the semifinal game last year, they knew Michigan was doing it. They changed every single call, every signal. And, and they, it wasn't like Michigan's defense was stopping TCU. 
Now, don't get me wrong. It can play to your advantage. But taking stuff that they did in prior games and then applying it in-game like things don't change or the teams don't make adjustments, it's you have to be in-game able to do it. That's all legal. So I I just – I think it's one of the more overblown things – and I think it's because Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have been pretty dominant that people are looking to point the finger. I just the like finger. to me, if, if you're the NCAA, you're going to investigate Michigan. Go investigate every team in the country. Mm. Like go go find more about every single team in the country and see if other other schools aren't doing it into what capacity. Between the game, the Iron Bowl, the Apple Cup, that was a hell of a Saturday for college football. That was fantastic. The finishing, the finishing, you know, at Jordan Hare with, I, I mean. That's maybe the most crazy play. <laughs> fourth and 31, fourth and goal 31 oh for the for the win to have a shot at SEC and making the playoff for Bama. Oh, man. And by the way, it wasn't a push off. They were both kind of back and forth with each other. Like that was unbelievable throw and great catch by Bond. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then to see uh, Washington, Washington State was oh a great finish. Oh, my gosh. The Florida um, State game was – I mean, there was just – you great, could man. You could tell teams did not want the other teams to win. <laughs> you, you know what I <laughs> love, did though, not is want them to go undefeated. Even, like, low-key rivalries like Virginia, Virginia Tech, the D.C. after Virginia Tech came out in the field and they wanted to take a photo, like, commemorating the win, and UVA landscaper turned on the sprinklers. They're <laughs> 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 out there on the field. Like, just little stuff like that, dude, makes college football so much fun. That's it really awesome. does. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!